Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Good morning, everybody. It is good to see you. I hope you're having a great day. And uh, I'm just excited to be with you. I thought that was great worship, connecting with God. I hope in your home you are just having a great time uh, being in God's presence. And what a great, great weekend. I am excited to continue this scattered uh, series, scattered with purpose, scattered with the meaning, scattered with value. Uh, we are all getting a little fatigued with uh, being distant, being apart, um, being b- kind of going through this news cycle that we're in of all kinds of different things happening in our community, our world, our country. Um, all these things. And I, I want to pray with you right now because I believe we need to pray for our country. I believe that all of us are getting to the, that point of kind of fatigue. And so I just want to take a few moments and pray that God will do some pretty amazing things in our hearts and lives, in our country, in our community, in every aspect of our lives. So let's believe that God is going to do great things. Let's not look at how crazy and awkward and and weird and strange and difficult this world is right now. Let's look at who God is and what God can do in our circumstances, in our country, in our world. God, we just come to you right now and I thank you, Father, for each person that's listening right now, that's watching this video, that in the name of Jesus, you would just encourage, you'd be the lifter of our heads, you'd be the strength of our spirit, you'd be the the clarity in our minds, all those things, you would remove the despair, the hopelessness, and put fill it with hope, fill it with encouragement and strength, God, because we put our faith and trust in you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just bless every heart and every mind that's listening to this prayer. Even this moment, that you, God, would just bless hearts, bless homes, bless our country. Lord, we pray for wisdom for our leaders. We pray for insight, God, that comes from you and that your grace, your mercy, your power, your influence, God, would be the one that is is encouraging the direction of our country, our communities, and our hearts especially. God, we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, encourage those that are fatigued with the the news, fatigued with the the circumstance, fatigued with the stay-at-home orders, all these things. Lord, may you be lifted up, may you be exalted, and may you be glorified in our lives today. I thank you and I praise you for that. And God, I know that you're going to do some amazing things right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. I hope you're saying amen. And uh, what a great... opportunity to just bring everything before God. That's really what we need to do in any circumstance, in any situation. Well, I'm excited. We've been talking about Scattered with Purpose. We've been talking about this book of 1 Peter who has taught us to embrace our hope, the very hope that we have in Jesus Christ and our eternal life. Be the difference. Be the one that, that is living differently than the, the, the normalcy or the, the human response. We are to give a divine response. The Bible says, be holy as God is holy. So that's our commitment. That's our direction. That's, that's what we need to do to live differently. It says, honor and respect our leaders to reveal Jesus. To reveal Jesus to our leaders, 
to uh, the people around us, when we honor and respect our leaders, we are actually doing what God wants us to do. It's God's will, the Bible says. And last week we talked about live like crazy. Live like a crazy person. Are you crazy for Jesus? Are you, are you just so excited about who he is and what he's done for you that it has impacted the way you live? That's the way we are to live, like crazy. And so are you doing crazy things for Jesus? Are you doing crazy things because you live for Christ. Well, today I want to talk to you kind of as a life coach, if you will. So what's going to happen is Peter is, is going to be our life coach today. He's going to be the one that gives us some ideas about how to live at a high level. You see, when anytime uh, people get uh, a desire to go to a different level of profession, of um, health, of expertise in an area, it, the best thing you can do is get a life coach. Get someone who's going to help you uh, discover what the steps are to go forward. And so a life coach is all about someone who's helping you make those decisions, helping you think right, not just uh, uh, kind of go with the flow uh, experience. So if you meet anybody that's achieving at a very high level, it's very likely they've had a great mentor, they've had a life coach, they've had someone influence their life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So here's what Peter is coaching us to do. The big thought or the big idea for today is simply this. Our attitude will determine our behavior and resolve to see God glorified while scattered. So here again, our attitude will determine our behavior and resolve to see God glorified while scattered. Our attitude, whatever our, our way of thinking, our approach to, to the way we're doing life will determine our behavior and our resolve to see God glorified. And if we don't have a good attitude, if we don't have the winning attitude, that's what I'm gonna talk about is what is a winning attitude? Peter gives us the, the solutions, the ideas for a winning attitude. And, um, and so we wanna have that winning attitude, that attitude that takes us to a different level, that takes us up to a, a, a place in life where we can see God do amazing things in and through us and around, and around us. And so what, attitude does it require to glorify God while scattered? A winning one. If we don't have a winning attitude, we might as well uh, uh, just submit to everything that's happening around us and let it affect us negatively. I think that we have to have the right attitude. The temptation in this situation is when we're isolated, when we're scattered, it creates all kinds of little temptations. It requires the temptation to kind of submit to the unfamiliar surrounding. We're unfamiliar with staying at home. We're unfamiliar with maybe the closeness that we're experiencing with our family. We're unfamiliar with uh, our neighbors that normally we kind of put up the garage door, back out of our garage, go on our way and do our thing. And uh, we never connect with our neighbors. Um, now, it's stay at home, connect with your neighbors. That's unfamiliar. What are we doing with that? What are we doing? We need to be proactive instead of uh, reactive. Inconvenient routines. All of our routines have been stirred up and changed a little bit. Have to pay attention to people closer by you than the, the people that you're normally uh, hanging out with. Privacy moves us away from accountability. Maybe you're kind of going, now I'm at, alone at home. And you've heard the saying, you are you are who you really are when you're alone. And what does that mean? What is that, how is that impacted? Maybe you're discovering things about yourself that you never even imagined about yourself, but you are finding out that being alone 
has created a, a, this insecurity, this, this fear, or this idea about who you are. Or maybe you're just rediscovering who you are, and that's a great experience as well. Well, we want to get beyond those temptations and to the point where we have a winning attitude, where the attitude changes us, where the attitude changes everything about us, and we begin to achieve at a high level. A life coach would tell you, if you're going to achieve, there's a difference between a winning attitude and a losing attitude. That winning attitude is you have to be willing to put discipline into doing what's right. If we don't discipline ourselves, we, we will never achieve at a high level. And that, that's true of faith. That's true of being a Christian. If you want to be a Christian that's full of power, full of influence, full of making a difference in life, we have to put the disciplines in that allow us to achieve at that high level. If you want to uh, be, have a winning attitude, you have to be willing to focus rather than diffuse our focus. You have to be willing to focus on one thing or two things rather than ten things. We live such a busy life in America that often our attention is so diffused that we don't achieve one thing well. And we get so busy, we, we don't achieve much of anything at times. And so we have to focus. We have to be willing to accept responsibility for, for, for our role. Whatever that role is, we have to say, this is my role. I will own it. I will perform it well. I will do it well. I will do everything I can. I accept the responsibility for my part in the body of Christ. I, I accept the responsibility for my part in making a difference in this world. And then we have to uh, realize that losing is an unacceptable outcome. Losing is, is unacceptable. Now I realize in sports, you're gonna lose a game or two here or there. You're gonna, you're gonna go through and you're gonna meet up with someone who really challenges you and matches up with you. And that's when you just gotta say, you gotta bend your, your back and you, or straighten your back and say, no, we are not gonna lose. And I think that's an attitude that we have to have to be a winning person in our faith. And I think uh, Peter gives us some directions. So he gives us the first point in this message is simply this. The winning attitude, the, the attitude that we need to have is relentless about eliminating sin. The winning attitude is relentless about eliminating sin. And if maybe you're unfamiliar with uh, <clears throat> faith. Maybe you're kicking the tires of Christianity. Maybe you haven't been confronted with that idea of what sin is. Sin is the, is the very act of missing God's mark. In other words, missing the goal of living a life that honors God. And when we make mistakes, when we do things that do not honor God, that's sin. It's missing the mark. And so when we have to get to that point where we are willing to do whatever it takes to eliminate sin in our lives. 1 Peter 4 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, Arm yourselves also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. This is a powerful verse that could be transformative for any of us that are struggling with sin, that are struggling with things that we don't, we're not proud of. They're things that are, are part of our weaknesses. They're things that we're focused on that we shouldn't be focused on. And I believe God is calling us right now to do something. And that is, if we want a winning attitude, if we want to succeed as a, a follower of Christ, if we want to succeed as a church, if we want to succeed in reaching our community for Christ, we have to be relentless 
about eliminating sin. Here's how we do it. The first thing is recognize what Christ did for us. He suffered in his body and he, he lived a perfect life. Can you imagine that? He lived the life that never made a mistake, that never went astray, that never did something that displeased his father, that he never did anything. He was tempted, the Bible says, in every way. He faced all the temptations you and I face, but he never made a mistake. Why? How? By suffering in his body, by denying his body the cravings that it had, by going through sufferings and, and, and saying, no, I'm not going to give in to the, 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 the hungers of the flesh. No, I'm not going to give in to uh, the pressures of the people. No, I'm not going to give in to the, the things that want to lead me astray. In fact, when Peter, his disciple, said, hey, Jesus, you're never going to die, he, he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. It was so wrong for Jesus to think that he would do anything other than God's will that he, <laughs> he identified the motive of Peter as Satan. That's crazy stuff. And so we have to understand that we have to do everything to suffer in our own bodies. The Bible says, it says uh, right here, it says, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. So if Jesus Christ suffered in his body, then we need to suffer in our bodies. Now, my analogy is going to be food because food is precious to me. Food is important to me. I love food. But the reality is, is that if I love food so much that it begins to control my life, then I'm in trouble. I have about 15 pounds of extra weight because of the food that I love. And I want to get rid of that weight. And, and the only way I'm going to do that is to make my body suffer. Is to make my body suffer. And so I have to say no to flour tortillas. Ugh. That was torture to say that right there. It was to absolute torture to say that. I have to get rid of the things that are not allowing me to reach the goal or to be the person that, I've been, uh, that I want to be. And as a result, I have to deny my body. I have to suffer in my body. Now, that's one kind of suffering. The under other kind of suffering that happens in, in Peter's context was persecution. Persecution, when you decide that you are not going to go down the path of compromise, when you decide you're not going to go down the path of, of uh, a pressure that people put on you to live a different life, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, then you are denying um, the, the pleasure of having everyone accept you, being a part of the party that you may want to be a part of, or the group of people that you want to be accepted by. As a result, you're denying, you're suffering, you're, but you're not sinning. You see, what the Bible says here is that <clears throat> we have to have the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body, whoever denies those, those desires is done with sin. Oh, would that not be amazing? Would that not be amazing to be done with sin, to be finished, to never have to deal with those things again? I, again, coming back to food, it, if you want to achieve a goal, then you have to learn a different hunger, a different thirst, a different desire, and, and salads and all those green things that animals eat. Um, those would be the, the things that we have to get comfortable with. But they become your focus and your desire, and you reach your goal. That's the amazing thing, is to be done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives. For human, evil human desires, they no longer have the hungers for the wrong things, but rather for the will of God. Or another way to say that is the way of God. 
And so our desires switch when we allow our bodies to suffer, when we allow our, our, our hungers and thirst for the things of this world to suffer. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. I'm going to go through this cleansing experience when I deny myself the foods that I love so that I can be the healthy person that I want to be. That's what we have to do in relationship with God. Jesus suffered. And so the life coach that Peter is saying is, hey, if you want to achieve a high level of faith, you want to achieve a high level in your relationship with God, then here's what you got to do. You got to deny yourself the things that, are, that separate you from God. Deny yourself those things and go through those experiences, those persecution experiences that the, the people of, that Peter were addressing, and he's addressing us today, and say, I'm going to follow God no matter what. I'm going to go after the will of God. So the, the life coach says, eliminate the obstacles. Eliminate the things that are denying the faith, denying the relationship, denying the things. And as you do, yeah, it'll be a suffering experience, but you will win. You will win in the goal of following Jesus with all our heart, all our mind, all our spirit, everything, and making the impact in this world that we want to make. The second attitude that we have is that we need to have the winning attitude is relentless about accountability. So the first one is relentless about sin. We need to eliminate sin. The second one is to be willing to be accountable. Listen to this verse. Verse 3 says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do. The word pagans is just un uh, people that don't have Christ in their hearts, people that are living for the flesh, people that are living their own way. And you've spent enough time. In other words, you've sinned enough. Stop sinning. You've sinned enough. You've done your stuff. You know what that lifestyle is like. Now give yourself to Christ. Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. That all sounds like really big sin, right? All those are kind of like the, 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 the categories of the big sins. There's no such thing as big sins. There's all kinds of other categories that we can include in that. Gossip, selfishness. Um, you you, you want to put anything, bad words coming out of our mouths. All these kinds of things. This is just a small list of the things that separate us from God. And we have to be willing to be accountable for not living this way. The pagans are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. Oh, come on. What's the big deal? Oh, come on. You used to do this all the time. What's the big deal? Why are you, why are you so different? What are you, you judging me now? Have you ever heard that? Well, I don't like judgment. I don't like any of that. But the reality is, is that you're going to get pushback when you decide to live differently. We're going to get pushback when we decide to, to, to diff, live differently. It doesn't mean we don't live with our friends. What's interesting here is that this person is still close enough to their friends where they're receiving abuse. I hope you never leave your friends. I hope you never stop trying to influence and be a part of the people that uh, are, are part of your life. But if they're dragging you down, then there's a value in separating at least for a little while until you can come back strong and healthy and make an influence in their lives. Don't second guess yourself. You are living a life that's worth living. Just because you're being abused or teased or, or, or made fun of doesn't make it wrong. Here's a saying I like, the pain of right will always be better than the damage of wrong. The pain of right will always be better than the damage of wrong. Here's another saying that's not on the screen. It says this. It says that right will always feel wrong in a wrong world. 
So the pain of right, the pain of living right, will always uh, be better than the damage of what wrong will do in your life. Let's remember that as we continue to live. Verse 5 says this, but they will have to give an account, accountability, they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regarding to the spirit. Here's the bottom line. There's, there's a day of accountability for all of us. I, I used to work for a company called Aramark Uniform Services. So I went from being a lead pastor to being a uh, district manager for a Fortune 500 company. And um, what I learned immediately as I began to be a district manager, is that there is accountability. There's this thing called a DOR, a District Operating Review. And in this District Operating Review, you stood before the, the regional manager, your general manager, uh, quite often even a VP of the company, your general manager, and a few other managers. And then you would account for all of your numbers that you're uh, doing as a district manager. So my sales number, my... my uh, uh, profitability numbers, all these kinds of numbers that I was accountable for. And what I loved about it is it was clear what the expectations were. What I loved about that, and here we understand that there is an accountability that we have to not sin, to, to not do the things that God has, <clears throat> that separates us from God. But there are things that we should be doing and we'll talk about those in just a minute that we should be doing that are part of making do, living a healthy life, no matter our circumstances. While scattered, we are still required, hold, held accountable for our activities, for everything that we do. And if we don't do those things, then we are um, being unaccountable or we will be held accountable, but we're still not living to the account. When I didn't meet those numbers, those managers were right there asking me, why didn't that number happen? And I had to have a reason. Well, because, you know, and yeah, you can make all kinds of excuses, but the end, at the end of the day, <laughs> they, they did not want excuses. They wanted answers. They wanted solutions. They wanted to know that I was being proactive in doing everything I could to help this company profit. And what God wants from us, from you and me, and from all those around us is this responsibility, that we take responsibility for our, our behavior. We take responsibility for those roles and responsibilities that we're given as Christians. And, and the first one is the mission, to go into all the world and make disciples. In our, our context at Journey is to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. If we're not doing that, if we're not accomplishing that, we will be held accountable. I will be held accountable as a pastor for not leading that charge, for not leading that direction. And we must do everything we can to hold ourselves accountable. Remember this, accountability is not judgment. It's about growth. It's about growth. I've learned that people don't like accountability. People don't like to be held accountable to their job, to measure their performance, to, to, to ask how it's going, to see why things aren't progressing or moving forward. And uh, I, I understand that. It's not a fun experience. It was never fun standing in front of uh, these managers until my numbers started coming up and up and up and up. And then pretty soon I was like, oh yeah. We're doing a really good job here. And that's what we need as a church. We need to go, oh yeah, 
We're reaching souls. Oh yeah, we're making a difference. Oh yeah, we're serving lives and showing God's love. And people are recognizing God in our lives. That's the big win. And we'll talk about that in just a second. The winning attitude is not only just a, 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 an elimination of sin or the willingness to be accountable, but we have to be looking towards the end. The winning attitude is relentless about the end. If you're on a, a sports team, you are playing for that last second moment to, so that the score is in our favor. I love playing sports and I love watching sports. And you, you guys know I'm a Seahawks fan. And my favorite moment is when that clock ticks down to zero and the Seahawks have a bigger score than any other team, especially the 49ers. Sorry, sorry, John. Um, <clears throat> so the, the, the verse that says this is the end of all things is near. There's a winning perspective, and the winning perspective is always having the end in sight, that we win, that we are going to win. And the winning for us is that people are seeing Jesus in us, that people are seeing that God be glorified in us. The whole idea of this word that God is glorified is simply the idea that when we get to the end, we want people to see Jesus, not us. We want people to see who Jesus is through us, but not us. We don't need to be the attention. We don't need to be the attention grabbers. We just simply need to represent Jesus. The winning attitude is, relent is relentless about the end. We have uh, to, to want to win, and we have to want to get to that finish line. And when we get to that finish line, we want to be the winners right there. This is not everybody gets a trophy experience. This is not that, that type of game. This is the game where uh, there's winners and losers, and we want to be those winners, you guys. We want to have that heart, that passion, that winning attitude that says, we know that the end is near, and we're going to do everything we can to, to win. And that win is that people see Jesus, and people give their hearts and lives to Jesus. That's the win. And the way we do it, here's the how. Here's the how. We've talked about what the winning attitude is. Here's the how of the winning attitude. The winning attitude is relentless about prayer. Seven, uh, verse 7 says, Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Wow, isn't that funny? That like, it's, it's like this weird sentence in the middle of this, this whole talk of, of Peter's life coaching. And he, he finally says this one thing that, that seems to be a, a number one priority. And that is that we need to be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Praying is just talking to God. Praying is just connecting with him and saying, what's up, God? How are you? How am I? Help, help me move forward in this day. Let me hear your voice. There's all kinds of, of opportunities for prayer. But if we don't focus on that discipline, that one discipline, we disconnect. When I don't communicate with my wife, we're disconnected. And if we don't communicate well, we're disconnected. I've got to pray. And prayer is just talking to God. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. The second part of that how is the winning attitude is relentless about involving everyone to glorify God. I've coached a bunch of teams, soccer teams mostly. I coached basketball for a little while and realized that was not the sport I should be coaching. Um, I love playing the sport, but I don't know how to coach it. Uh, but I did soccer. And one of the goals, 
because I coached kids, I coached uh, children, and soccer was to get everybody involved. But when you do that, uh, you find out that there are people that don't fit in certain places. They just don't. They, there's offensive people, there's defensive people, there's midfield people that like to run forever and just and do and, and, and can run forever. And then there's people in the front line and the back line. There's every they fit everywhere. So there's a way to put everybody in the game, but you don't put everybody in the same place. And this is the power of, of winning. When we get everybody in their gifting, everybody doing what they are to do and have been called to do and gifted to do, then we win. The scripture says this in verse eight, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. There's the expression of love to each other, the expression of love to uh, uh, our hearts and our, our minds to each other and making sure that we're loving. It says, uh, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That means, oh no, you're here. We don't do that. We love. We, we express hospitality. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That simply means that everybody has been given a talent, a skill, a gift, an ability, a tool, if you will, to, to be used by God. And if we're not doing that, the body's ineffective. The body's ineffective. And, and uh, my passion is to find a place for every single person in the body of Christ, making ourselves effective in showing God to this world. Verse 11 says, if anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. In other words, if you've been given the gift of speaking, do it. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. If you've been given that gift of serving, why aren't you serving? Your soul will be uh, invigorated, it'll be given life, it'll be uh, excited about doing all that you can to serve because you're using the gifts so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. This is the bottom line. This is the win. A life coach will tell you, define the win for your life. Define what the win is. And the win is so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, that God is recognized, that God is the one given attention, that God is the one who is recognized as the, 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 the strength behind the believer. Yeah, it's gonna be us. You and I are the hands and feet of God, but if they don't see God and they see us, that means that we're doing something wrong because we don't want the, uh, the, the, the Ventura or Ventura County to believe in Pastor Ricardo or in, in Ron or, or in, in, in Josh or anybody else in our church. We want Ventura to give their hope and faith to Jesus Christ. And if they see Jesus in me, if they see Jesus in you, then they're gonna believe in that Jesus, not in you and me. That's the power, that's the joy, that's the excitement of seeing a win. When Jesus is the one who is recognized and they give their faith and, and others give their faith to him, it's powerful. It's powerful, it's life-changing, it's transforming. It makes all the difference in the world. And you guys, I believe that what, what Peter is doing as a life coach right here, he's simply saying, I want you to eliminate sin from your lives. Stop doing the things that, that keep us from being effective. From, stop doing the things that keep us from being high achievers and high uh, accomplishing great things. Stop, uh, fo focus on accountability. Accept the responsibility for your role. 
Accept the responsibility. When I was at Aramark, I wanted to blame some of the faults of Aramark for the lack of production that I was doing as a district manager. And I had to get over that. And I had to say, no, you know what? I'm going to succeed no matter what. And I did. And that's what we have to do. We can't blame the world. We can't blame our families. We can't blame people. We have to accept the responsibility of our role and move forward and say, no matter what, I'm going to do whatever it takes that people see God in me. Be relentless about the end. We win. I've read the end of the book. I hope you've read the end of the book. And if you haven't, I invite you to. But we win. Jesus will be and is victorious. What he did on the cross and when he came out of that grave, he said, I have defeated death, hell, and the grave. Defeated. Death, hell, and the grave. That's the win. And when, when people see Jesus in us, that's the win. And we must be relentless about prayer, praying and asking God and connecting with him and being relentless about involving everybody, all of us. And, and listen, what you do, you can do from your home. What you do, you can do here at, at Journey Church. What you do, you can do from anywhere because God is present in your life. God is going to use you and he's gonna transform our community as we are faithful to do these things. Do you have a winning attitude? Do you have a willingness to eliminate sin? Is God convicting you right now? It's not me. It's God saying, hey, let's give that up. Let's suffer in the body so that we can win and, do, and, 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 and be without sin. If we deny our flesh, we deny those thirsts and our hungers, I get it, it's complicated. We all struggle with temptations. We all struggle with stuff in our world. And the, here's the beauty is that God is the strength that we need to get through those things. And to, yeah, suffering in the body means we're denying ourselves of the foods we're, we normally like to eat so that we can be healthy and eat better foods. Are you denying things in your life? Are you ready to deny those things? If we want a winning attitude, we have to be relentless about eliminating sin, relentless about accountability, relentless about the end and knowing that we're winning, relentless about prayer and relentless about involving everybody. I wanna pray with you today. Maybe you're here and you're connecting with God maybe for the first time. Maybe you're checking this out and you're kinda of going, what's this faith thing all about? I wanna encourage you. God is moving in your life right now. You may not be familiar with that feeling of, 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 of the need to connect with God, but right now he's calling out your name. He's saying, hey, I want a relationship with you. And so I wanna pray with you. I wanna invite you to accept Jesus Christ into your life and to commit to follow him for the rest of your life. You wanna achieve life at a high value, at a high level, then you have to accept Jesus. This life was not meant to be lived on our own. This life was not meant to be lived without a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I wanna invite you to accept him as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead and that you, you, uh, <clears throat> that you uh, promise eternal life. And Jesus, I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I realize I've made mistakes and I pray that you would forgive me of those mistakes, those sins that I've made. And I believe that you were raised from the dead three days after you died, that you came out of that grave defeating death, hell, and the grave. And I believe that and I accept the promise of eternal life. 
and I accept your forgiveness, I accept eternal life, and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I could not be more excited for you because the, the most important prayer we could ever pray is that one, to say, Jesus, come into my life. And today, you have all your sins forgiven. Today, you are on your way to heaven and to spend eternal life with, uh, with Jesus Christ. And today, you are now part of a large family called the family of God. And I'm so excited for you. And maybe you're listening today and you've been struggling with getting beyond, getting to the next level of faith and relationship with God. Well, I just wanna encourage you right now that the best thing you can do in this moment is, is commit to having a winning attitude like Peter coached us. Peter coached us and said, have this winning attitude and the result will be that Jesus is glorified or Jesus becomes the attention of our lives and people will see Jesus and that's the big win. So I wanna pray with you and then Ron's gonna lead us in a final song of worship. God, thank you so much for challenging us today to have a winning attitude, to not let sin get in the way, to be done with it by denying those things that, uh, by suffering in our body. And I pray that you help us, God, to suffer well so that we can sin no more. And I pray that you help us, God, to take a, a responsibility for our roles and to see the end and to embrace that, that responsibility for everything that we are. Lord, I know that you're going to do great things in our lives. And I pray that you give us all the winning attitude to see life change happen in our hearts and our minds. We connect with you, God, right now asking for the strength, the courage, the faith, the ability to live at a very high level of faith in you. I pray your blessing on every heart. And God, we thank you so much for everything you're doing in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you as you have that winning attitude. I know that God's going to do amazing things in your life. So excited about it. God bless you. And let's worship with Ron as we, we, we end this service today. Take care. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.